Welcome to Much More Muchier with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Odd Imagination production. Guys, I am here with Ruben Rodriguez. We're going to be talking about his film, The Death of April, which comes out December 9th on demand and streaming services. Ruben, you... You've been a writer. You started out as a writer, right? Um, writing, directing, and producing. I pretty much did everything. Straight out the gate. Yeah, I started out when I was like 16 years old, um, working for my mentor who worked for the WB and UPN9 and all that stuff. Like that. Young people might not remember UPN9, but I uh-huh. worked there. So. I do remember. You know what? There's a lot of channels uh, when you and I were young that aren't around and more uh you know like the wb that that yeah. was like a channel to watch if you wanted to yeah, watch yeah. You know, your shows you had to be on wb but mm-hmm. so 16 years old right you just had this imagination that you had to like you had to get it out you had to get it down yeah i mean when i started like like everyone i was George, um, like george lucas spielberg watching jaws close encounters star wars I, as a little kid, I wanted to be a filmmaker so bad, but back then, again, dating myself pre-internet, mm-hmm. there was no way to find that stuff. Like now kids could go on YouTube and basically take tutorials on how to do this, that, whatever. I had to actually read books and go to the library, buy books, read books, get all these books to try to learn this stuff because it wasn't like there was a class around the corner teaching you how to do film. So I was picking up an eight millimeter camera running around shooting eight millimeter film. And then it transitioned to digital, where it was a mini DV tape. You pop it in your camera, record. So I've been shooting for a while. And it's like I was doing more television than I was doing film stuff. Mm-hmm. But my, my passion was always film. So then I started creeping into film. Like I was doing a bunch of short films. And I would test myself on these little short horror films that they're like, I think the longest one I did was 15 minutes. But I wanted to test myself on, can I do something in a, in a span of six hours? That was my own mini 48 hour film competition, but I would make it six hours. I was like, what can I do in six hours with a crew of two people and three actors? And I would just shoot that and then edit it together. And and that's what got me into like what I do now. Like I love doing horror stuff, but it trained me on how to kind of do stuff for with a small budget and with fast, which is great. Right. I mean, some people are, would be surprised to hear how long feature films can take just with everything. So learning to do it quick, learning to do it cheap. I mean, that just benefited you. And also yeah. it's like you were challenging yourself to to produce a product that was, you know, amazing. It was uh, touching. It was, you know, scary, but you gave yourself these limitations. You kind of, you, you handicapped yourself yeah. to, so when, when you can still create something cool with those limitations, Imagine if you didn't have the limitations, you know, it's just, I think that's pretty cool. And at such a young age, you know? Yeah. I mean, it helped me a lot. Like I got, a, got a lot of TV work. I had a TV series for like two years. It ran, it was not like a sitcom. It was a, a fashion entertainment show that I did, <laughs> but that all came about from me doing these short films. Like people in the industry would see me and go, Hey, how fast did you do that? And they're like, Oh, can you do this show that quickly? I'm like, yeah, pretty easy. That's not like, uh, but then it, it kind of pulled me away from what I like because I could do TV is pretty easy. It's, it's pretty standard. It's not really hard. 
It's not something that you're reinventing the wheel. So it's not, like I said, with film, it's more of a challenge, especially if I go, here's $10,000, make something. You could be like, either make something long or make something short, depending on who you are and how much you want to push yourself. Because the budget for Death of April wasn't that big at all. It was really, really small, really, really small. And we were challenged, we challenged ourselves to see if we could develop this idea that I had a long, I wrote the script, I think it was 2010 for the death of April. And it was more of a um, video blog movie that evolved. It was kind of, you've seen the movie Host or Unfriended, where mm -hmm. it's kind of like you're recording these people having a chat on the computer. That's what death of April was originally. And you will get these ghostly things happening in the background. But then when I pitched that idea, free these movies, people were like, that's kind of boring. Nobody wants to watch a bunch of people on a computer talking to each other. Mm. And then it was like, yeah, I got to change it. So I changed it. And then again, another passion of mine was true crime. So I loved all those true crime documentary stuff, like from Unsolved Mysteries to whatever. So I said, let me put in more of a documentary feel to this film where you interview parts of her family and then still keep the video blog element to it. So I married both or mushed them together to try to get this film to work from the original concept. And then as you know, when this film was finished and you get these two movies that wound up being huge successes, host and unfriended. And I was like, see, I told you I had a good idea at the beginning, but it's hard to sell something to someone when it hasn't been tested. You know what I mean? Now I guess people, you can sell that idea and people be like, oh, like those two films, yeah, let's give it a shot. But when you come up with something different at the time, people are less likely to take a chance on it. But I mean, the good thing was we did still wind up getting the film done and we changed it in a way that I like it because it's not so much horror and it's, it has moments, but it's more of a true crime with a supernatural twist to it. Cause you're finding out about this girl through her family and through her video blogs. But you also know there's something a little off about the situation. And without spoiling it, that's the whole point of the story. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you watch one of these unsolved mysteries, but you get the answer at the end. You find out like, oh crap, it's not really what you thought it was. It's something completely different. Right. Which is also that's something cool because I've talked before about it with whodunits. You know, mm -hmm. if it's who you think it is the whole entire time, uh, there's no reward. It's like mm -hmm. I told you that an hour and a half ago. But when it's such a twist, you're like, oh, I did not see that. I mean, that just like, if you can blow somebody's mind and you mentioned Unfriended, I didn't see the first one, but I saw the second one. Yeah. And right, it's such a cool concept. So with the death of April, it, you're right. It's that nice mismatch, you know, marriage of the live element and the webcam footage, right? Mm -hmm. So I hate that you have to, with a concept, with a novel concept, that you and your brain, you know, you know, it's cool. You know, it's going to hit. Right. But people have to be convinced of it. It's kind of like, I mean, it must be frustrating. It's like, you don't understand. I'm telling you, this is going to be so cool. And like you said, you're like, I told you so. <laughs> I told yeah, you. So. No, no. Because when, when we were a long time ago, when this film was going to start kicking off, I already had the cast set up for it. I had the concept. I had a location for it. But it's like everything, you have to get the financing. And it's kind of trying to sell somebody on something they've never seen. And it's kind of hard. And this is not me bad-mouthing people with money who invest in films. It's just, it's hard for them to see the idea. Maybe it's my kind of problem that I got to become a better salesman to sell the idea better. 
because it's kind of when you come up with something original, you know, kind of different from what's out there, you should kind of stick with it and push it a little more. With me, it was just I wanted to get it done so badly. I wanted to get my first feature film done so badly that I was like, all right, I'll just change it. You know, I'll, I'll modify it because I know in the industry it happens all the time. Even on TV, when I work on my TV projects, we'll have an idea and you get an executive come up to you and they'll be like, what if you do this? And what if you what if you do this really means I want you to do that, figure it out. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of like figure out how to do these things quickly and still stay under budget and still like be able to create, execute it properly. And so with Death of April, it was just pretty much, what do I like? I don't want to, I know this movie is not a straight up, like it's not a Jason, it's not a Michael Myers, it's not one of those Halloween kind of films. So what can I do to make it still kind of interesting to me? Because at the end of the day, the film is really about, for the filmmaker, the people who were part of it, who believed in it, and hopefully people who watch it love it as well. But it was more like, I love true crime stuff. I love those unsolved mysteries. So I said, let me take that aspect of that where we interview people and kind of marry it with this web blog situation. And I think it worked. I think it's like, it tells the story and kind of gets you deeper into who this person is, um, our lead. And then you find that at the end that what you thought really isn't what you thought. Is it, you know, I don't want to spoil it. Every time I have an interview, I kind of want to spoil my own film. Because it's the twist at the end is like, you find out more and more about this person and, you, and then when it what happens, happens, you're like, oh, okay. I don't know if it surprises people or not, but I, I liked it. And it just was something that was interesting because the whole, the Death of April actually comes from a, a true, it's a true story pretty much, based on a true story. Actually from Florida, when I was down there visiting my aunt, there was a neighbor of, of hers. They actually just moved in and she, what she did was, she found out that somebody had passed in the place. And then she started doing the whole Scooby-Doo thing where she started researching who had died, why, all this stuff. And my aunt who was friendly with her was like, why is this, why are you so, so obsessed about finding out all these details when you don't even know the person? But so then that stayed in my mind. I was like, that'll make an interesting movie to do this. And so I took that and then kind of like developed it and you know, and put the whole spin, what if, she's looking into this thing, but there's something else to it. There's an underlying thing that's there that I can't reveal. That you find out that it was, that she's mentally unstable a little bit and she made up this whole thing or something like that. So whatever. They will have to watch and find out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're right. And adding the, the blog or the, the video vlog to it is kind of reminiscent of like you were saying, like um, old and unsolved mysteries where they would find a diary and it's just like the documentation of their descent into madness kind of thing. It's like, oh, here's where she lost her mind. Yes, yes, here's the spot, you know? And I think it's cool and you're right. And to bring it, you know, into the present, people blog, people vlog, people do Instagram reels, they do TikTok. I mean, we humanity Americans everywhere we are very um what do you call it like logged in it's like it's so easy or easier nowadays to learn or to train or to find things out just Mm -hmm. being and you've got uh in the film she's just like documenting uh like what is it her new life so to speak and it kind of goes to hell so um 
I think it's something that'll resonate with, you know, audiences. Yeah, because I think most people, if you, most, most influencers put their life out there. And this was the whole point of with, with the uh, death of April is this girl who's putting her life out there about this situation, but is she doing it to convince people of something? Or, you know what I mean? That, again, it goes back to the twist of it. Because when you see the, the family aspect, they don't believe in it, or they're thinking like she's doing this for a different reason than what we think. And yeah, it's like, it's hard to get into this stuff without trying to spoil the whole film itself. But it's kind of like what people do now. It's like, you're trying to convince some, somebody of something you're not. Like, social media has become this thing like you with Instagram where you live this life where in reality is it really your life you know is it really your life and that's the whole thing with part of the death of April is it this girl's putting her life out there and this whole story to convince people but is it really the truth is it really the thing that's happening and that's where the twist comes in absolutely and I think you're not to get way deep into that tangent but I think you're right a lot of these influencers, these YouTubers, these TikTokers, the, the front they put up is very much a, a persona or a costume or a mask because nobody's that happy and successful all the time. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are unless you've got billions in the bank and then you're probably still not happy. You know, it, it's very much a performance. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like acting in a way, you know? No, exactly. And like the same with the movie. It's like this character, this person is is not really saying the whole story. There's not, there's more to it. And like I said, at the end, you find out. So that's why I find it interesting. I'm happy with it. The only thing I want people to understand and take in is it's not a horror film in the, the classic sense of a horror film. It's not like that. It's more of, like I said, it's a true crime with a super, it's a true crime film with a supernatural twist where you try to figure this thing out. And yeah, there's a couple of like weird things that happen, but it's not just about that because everybody has weird things that happen to them. It is more about what this person is doing or what this person had done. It leads into all this stuff. And that's what I find interesting with the story. Right. And I think that, again, that's something that's going to resonate with the audience because it just, I know people have been watching a film and they're like, oh my God, the original uh, Scream, you know, uh, in, in Saw 2, you know. Actually, the next to last Saw, when, spoiler alert, after 20 years, but you find out that Carrie Elway's uh, character has part of the whole, the thing the whole time, you know, so yeah. I think really, they like that shock. They like that, oh, Bobby, oh my God. Bobby was so nice, you know, but you're right about the, the, not really the horror aspect. I mean, if people are expecting like the webcam to come alive and choke her out, it, sorry, you don't, yeah. you're going to be disappointed, but the tension and the mystery of it is very tangible. Very cool. Yeah. It's like with the movie Unfriended. I love that movie. I watched it and I was like, it's a great concept. At the end, the, the twist they do was really weird because it's like, the ghost actually killed, well, I'm not, hopefully I'm not spoiling this for anybody, but the ghost kills the person, but you get the, the kill from the ghost point of view. And I'm like, but they're on a webcam, so how does that work? It was like, what? That threw me off. You took me out of the movie? Because up to 90% of the movie, I was in it. I was in that movie. And I was like, it's really good. So I was expecting it to like kind of suck of that. That was my concept of my film. But I'm like, they did it on a low budget too. And I was like, wow, I was really impressed with it until the very end. 
So it's like with every film, it's like you, you invest yourself in it. And I want to be honest with people and be like, it's not a horror film. Don't expect like blood and guts because it's not that kind of film. Because usually when you show it to people, like I showed it cold to some people without letting them know what it's about. And they're like, oh, but it's not scary. And I'm like, but it's not supposed to be scary. The whole point of it's not supposed to be the scary story. It's about more like if you were home watching Unsolved Mysteries, when you get that creep factor because you're trying to figure it out and you're in the dark and you know what I mean? So that's what I wanted to do. And I think I was successful. I hope I was. And I hope people like it. Yeah. Well, definitely. And you want you want people to kind of be mentally looking over their shoulder, like, who was that? What was that? Yeah. yeah. And the cat comes in the room and scares the crap out of you. you know? yeah. I think there's something to be said for mystery and, like, foreboding and, like, you know, the sinister feel of things. It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to always be slashing and hacking and blood and to be scary. I, um, I watched recently, it's a film called A Savannah Haunting based on a true story as well. And I was watching it with my ex-husband and he's like, this is boring. I said, this is not boring. This, you don't understand the tension that's building up in me with these little incremental things that are happening to where it's a slow burn. But then when it ignites, it ignites. And I think people are just so used to like instant gratification with their, their horror films or their, you know, their mysteries or their dramas. They want it now, you know, they want it all and they want it now. Right. So I, I love the fact that filmmakers specifically, you guys are like, you're doing more of the slow burn. You're doing more of the, you're working people up, you know? And then you you hit them with a with a twist, or you hit them with you know with a plot twist, and I enjoy it. I am a big fan. I think it's a fantastic way to make a film because you get desensitized if it's like something happened, something happened, something happened. Oh my god, it's like okay, I'm I'm bored now because too much is going on. I don't need so much action. I guess I don't yeah. need to, you know you don't have to have ten deaths in the first half an hour. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, my next film is going to be bloody. So now you go away for. I'm shooting that in the summer. But um, this one I just wanted, because like I said, it was my first feature and I really wanted to do something that I liked. And again, it always comes down to what you like. Like, if you have to permit you, you're creating something that you enjoy. And if you enjoy it, that's great. You just always hope that it connects with people. And that's my hope. I hope some people actually like see these interviews and understand that what this film is really about and go oh okay cool I get it now because it's, it's more like trying to figure something out it's a mystery that you're trying to figure out a little bit because if you could get there's clues throughout the film that tell you if you watch it a second time then you go oh I get that because the friend said this or I get that because the brother said that and you start figuring things out and you go oh yeah okay and also there's ghost the ghost is actually in the film mm-hmm. but you have to find it there's actual like um a double exposure of a ghost in a couple of scenes but yeah. it's so quick that it's you, nobody really finds it like i have to point it out, i have to stop it go there see that that's a ghost and mm-hmm. they go, oh i didn't see that i'm like yeah i just wanted to, i wanted to put that in for myself it was just a, a smile moment for me when people go there's no ghost in this damn thing i'm like oh really and i pause a bunch of scenes and that's a ghost and they go oh crap i didn't see that because you're so focused on people talking that you don't notice something behind people. And that's the thing, we focus so much on the on somebody speaking that you don't notice what might be behind them. 
And so in the movie, in a bunch of different places, when, when people are talking, the ghost is actually there standing in the corner or doing something and you're not aware of it until it gets pointed out and you're like, oh crap, I never even saw that. And it's like, it was, there's a bunch of little things in this film that I really like and I think it's kind of cool and fun. It's a fun little movie that I really, I'm happy I made. And I'm really happy that my friends helped me out and producers came on board and financed the film because it got made. And it's like something I'm happy about. Absolutely. And by the way, nothing wrong with slashing and hacking and gore. I'm a fan. I, like I said, I mentioned Saw, Saw, that whole franchise. But it, it is gory. There's exploding. Yeah. There's, you know, someone hacking their ankle off, you know, spoiler alert. Um, but there's also you're thinking, you're trying to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. So have a thoughtful, thought-provoking piece, but also to have some gore, I'm fine with it. But you're right uh, about the ghost. One of mm-hmm. my favorite is noticing something and then having to back it up to show whoever you're watching with. Yeah. Just the other night, I'm like, did you see that in the reflection? Did you see it? You know, and it was like a reflection in the window. And I'm like, did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? And I had to rewind it. And he's like, you idiot. That's just a reflection of one of the other actors. Like, that's not the point. Did you see it? (laughs) No, the whole thing where like, um, I think it was Don't Worry Darling, where she's in the tub and she sits up, but her reflection is still there. Those little, the ghost, those, it just like, like I was saying, it notches it up. It Mm -hmm. intensifies that feeling, that weird off kilter, something's not right feeling so well done <laughs> well done i mean yeah you, you process that later on and your subconscious kind of idea i think that's where, where where your dreams come from you notice little things and you might not in your conscious brain process it and then you later on you go oh yeah that's true that was there so i i put that in for myself because it made me chuckle to basically watch this film with my friends and they go oh there's no ghosts in it and some of the people who worked on it and they're like yeah they are you gotta basically watch this really carefully and you'll notice it because I didn't want to make that blatant. We were going to make a lot of things. Like, there's one scene where something moves, and that's pretty blatant, and I didn't want to do that. But it worked for the film. But it's like it's, we wanted it to be more subtle because, again, this is more about the person and kind of like how someone could show you who they are. The, the face you see, the masks that people wear, because this person is not, not showing you her true self. They're showing you something that they want you to see. And the whole point of this story isn't so much the ghost, it's more about the person and how sometimes people that you meet aren't what they what you think they are. You know what I mean? And the same thing with this film is like this character is kind of like kind of push this kind of whole story when in reality it's something completely different. Yeah, and and again, that's the, that's like finding out that the best friend is the villain in a film. It's like, oh my god, it was him all along. Yeah, that's well done. I think that's so people can watch it December 9th on demand and services. I know you said you've got some bloody guts ripping out coming up next, but what's up next for you? Um, that's pretty much that film I'm working on right now. We're in pre-production on a horror film, which they don't, my producers, don't, they don't want me to tell, reveal the title. I don't know why, but we're, I guess they're still working on it. The title, because they're going to change it, but it's it, that's a straight-up horror film, like uh, bloods and guts kind of guy chasing people around. It's an interesting story with a twist as well. And I'm shooting that, I believe, in August. And we wrap 
that in September, and hopefully it'll be out next next summer, actually. Well, the following stuff, not this summer, next summer, whatever. Isn't it crazy, like, to think of, I feel like it ages us quicker or something to think of things so far in the future, and then all of a sudden, you're there, and you're like, oh, <laughs> we're here. It's 2024 already. No, I know. I mean, Death of April took a long time, say, from the conception of it, which happened in 2010, 2011, till where it is now. It took a very long time. Oh, wow. It's like usually films people don't understand that with films. It's like unless you self-release it, it it takes a while from between shooting it and then you pretty much are doing the post on it. Because Death of April is a short film, but and it only took me twenty days to shoot it. But the post on it took a good six months to do that movie. And then it's like the, collecting the rights, the things like the music. It's a lot of stuff that goes into making a movie that. I didn't know either that I learned because there's so much legal stuff that goes into like you just can't shoot something and go, okay, let me sell it. You gotta make sure you have all everything it is properly documented and you have signatures on everything. Because if you do anything wrong, somebody could come out of the woods and, and basically sue you for something. So so it was just a whole process with this film. But then it was great because I learned that. And for the next film, like I said, this one was a, a big um, based on a true story so we had to kind of like there was a lot of legal stuff that we had to do but the next film is just a straight up narrative which is going to be a like a halloween-ish kind of film so nice. hope, i'm hoping that will be shot and out pretty quickly so it'll be fun where can people follow you can they follow you on social media is there a website i'm pretty bad with social media i'll be honest i'm on instagram and that's pretty much it right now um, they could, um, my Instagram handle is Mojo Group, which is M like Mary O J, like Joseph O G R O U P. That used to be my production company name. Um, and there I pretty much post stuff that I'm doing. And I'm also, I also put call outs for like actors and production okay. people. Cause usually when we, when I'm in different regions shooting stuff, I, cause I get hired to shoot local stuff normally, like a, a local meeting around the country. I'll call out to local people who might be in the area. Hey, are you a camera person? I need this. I need that. So if they follow me, yeah, there's a lot of work opportunities because I put out calls to people. All right, cool. So Mojo Group on Instagram. Awesome. Again, it comes out December 9th. Ruben, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It was fun. This has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Odd Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on Odd Imagination and the podcasts that we host on our website, you can visit autimagination.org, A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org.